Welcome to Murder Minute. Today, the story of Buddy Schumacher. But first, your true crime headlines. A man who coughed on shoppers at a Tennessee Walmart and claimed that he had coronavirus is now facing some very serious charges, according to a press release. District Attorney General Matthew Stowe called the man's behavior an act of terrorism, which is a Class A felony. He was also charged with violating the Terrorism Hoax Act, which is a Class C felony. The man also faces misdemeanor charges of disorderly conduct and reckless endangerment for the incident. The United States Attorney General issued a directive to federal law enforcement officials in March, stating that the coronavirus met the statutory definition of a biological agent, opening the door for serious charges for intentionally spreading or threatening to spread the virus. Depending on the seriousness of the crime, a conviction for making a terrorist threat carries the possibility of fines that range from $200 to $250,000 and a prison sentence of more than 100 years. In a recently unsealed arrest affidavit, investigators outlined evidence that a Colorado woman murdered her stepson in his bedroom on the same day she reported him missing. 36-year-old Letitia Stock reported her 11-year-old stepson Gannon missing on January 27th. She initially told police that Gannon had left their home to walk to a friend's house sometime between 3.15 and 4 p.m., but had never returned home. Gannon was initially reported as a runaway, but was classified as a missing person a few days later. His stepmother provided several different stories about what happened to the boy, including alleging that she had been raped by an intruder who then abducted Gannon. A search of Letitia Stock's phone and internet history showed that the woman had been browsing for jobs and apartments in California and Florida in the days before Gannon's disappearance, and text messages asking her daughter to pick up trash bags and carpet cleaner on the day Gannon vanished, which authorities believe she used to clean up blood after she murdered the boy. More than 50 droplets of blood were found in Gannon's bedroom, and the concrete underneath his bedroom carpet was stained with blood. Letitia Stock was arrested in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina in early March. She was charged with first-degree murder of a child by a person in a position of trust, tampering with a body, tampering with evidence, and child abuse resulting in death. Gannon's stock's remains were found on March 20th in Florida, more than 1,400 miles from where he was reported missing, and 700 miles from where his stepmother was arrested. It is still not clear how his body ended up in Florida. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, Buddy Schumacher. But first, a quick break. If you're looking for a killer way to get your thrills and chills the next time you have movie night, which, let's face it, is every night now, look no further than AMC Shudder. Shudder is the premium streaming service with the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Trust me, this is the best selection in genre entertainment, covering horror, thrillers, and my favorite, the supernatural. This is the Netflix of horror. 
and you can stream it all, unlimited and ad-free on all your favorite devices. I have Shudder on my iPhone, my iPad, and my Apple TV, so that I can watch it from whichever room of my apartment I'm pacing in while I shelter in place. You've heard of Christmas in July? Well, get ready for Halloween in April. Shudder is making April halfway to Halloween month. It's their biggest month of non-October programming ever, with the premiere of its new series, Cursed Films. The season two premieres of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs and Wolf Creek. The original documentary, Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist, the first eight Friday the 13th movies, and so much more. Plus, get ready for the return of Shudder's Halloween hotline with live, personalized horror movie picks from Shudder curator Samuel Zimmerman. Every Friday in April, that's today, from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Sounds killer. And all this for just $5.99 a month. Skip the horror section on your other streaming services. Get the best collection of on-demand horror, suspense, and thriller content out there. And never run out of scary good entertainment while you're quarantined. Try AMC Shutter free for 30 days. Go to Shudder.com and use the promo code MM. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use the promo code MM to get 30 days free. Put the screaming into streaming with AMC Shudder. Welcome back to Murder Minute. Arthur Lewis Schumacher, known to family and friends as Buddy, was born in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin on September 2, 1916. Buddy lived at 195 Alice Street with his father, Arthur Schumacher Sr., known as Art, his mother, Florence May Schumacher, and his older sister, Jeanette. During the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918, the entire Schumacher family fell ill, and Art nearly died. The epidemic wiped out over 50 million people worldwide, but the Schumachers pulled through. In the fall of 1921, Art and Florence enrolled Buddy and Jeanette in Lincoln Elementary School. By 1925, now eight-year-old Buddy was a lively, happy, and kind-hearted child, known to have many friends. The Schumachers got together often for family gatherings with church members, and Buddy and Jeanette regularly attended Sunday school at Mount Olive. It was that summer in 1925, at around 9 a.m. on Friday, July 24th, that Buddy left his house after breakfast and waved goodbye to his sister. Buddy then set off with three boys from the neighborhood and jumped on a freight train to hitch a ride to a local swimming hole. But Buddy never came home. Mr. and Mrs. Schumacher hoped that Buddy had decided to stay with friends or relatives. But when Buddy didn't return the next morning, they reported him missing. Police and railroad officials, together with the community, searched the surrounding area, day and night, for weeks. With an aching heart, reported the Milwaukee Sentinel, 
Buddy's mother Florence awaited his return, peering out the front door of their home on Alice Street, scanning the darkness. Hoping, praying, waiting, watching, and repeating over and over again the murmured question, where is my boy? Where? Where is he? This woman, wrote the Sentinel, is keeping sleepless vigil while her husband, assisted by scores of searchers, keeps on with the hunt for their eight-year-old son. Upon questioning, Buddy's friends said that when they hopped off the train that day, a vagabond chased them and they ran away. One of the boys, John Wolfe, told a Milwaukee Sentinel reporter, We were going to Black Ridge, hooked the train while it was going slow. Out this side of the swimming hole, we thought that the train was speeding up and we better hop off. Just when we were getting ready to jump, a fellow up on one of the cars hollered at us. He said to me, Where are them kids going? I didn't say anything, but we jumped off. Then he jumped off and chased us. We ran across the creek, jumping on stones sticking out of the water. Arnold was ahead, Gordon next, and I was last. Arthur stood on the tracks and didn't run. Well, this man chased us to Kenyon Avenue, and then he went back to where Arthur was. We didn't want to go back, and we thought Arthur could get home alone all right. Another witness, a section hand, disputed this account. He claimed that he saw three boys hop off the train, but not a fourth, and that after the boys jumped off, a man hopped on. Others reported a suspicious man who had been seen hanging around the river, quote, mistreating small boys, luring them into the woods with offers of money. Perhaps this was the same vagabond or perhaps Buddy was lured away by such a man. When police learned that Mr. Schumacher had had a dispute with a man some years previously, and that the man had threatened him, vowing to, quote, get even with him one way or another, detectives tracked him down and questioned him. But it was a dead end. Later, the three boys would change their story. The vagabond did not chase them. Now, they said that the man had gotten off the train with them and that Buddy had followed him down the tracks. In yet another report, the boys said that they were at the swimming hole when an unkempt, unshaven man appeared and chased them into the woods. They became separated and they never saw Buddy or the man again. In yet another version of the story, the boys were at the stone quarry when the man appeared suddenly from the bushes and threatened them. The truth of the matter is, a local newspaper reported, that no clue seems to be forthcoming, that there are no suspicious details or characters about any of the people apprehended so far or who were connected with the disappearance. The boy has vanished off the face of the earth despite the fact that the radio has flashed the notice of the lad's disappearance over the entire country, no news has been gained up to the present time. Where he is, where his body lies, if he has been killed, 
is one of the biggest mysteries of its kind in the neighborhood. The Businessmen's Association has posted a reward of $250 to anyone offering information which will lead to the finding of Arthur Schumacher. Seven weeks later, just a mile from the Schumacher home, Buddy's remains were found, partially hidden underneath some bushes. His clothing was torn, and a handkerchief was stuffed down his throat. He had been sexually assaulted and mutilated. The cause of death appeared to be suffocation. Buddy's was a case that had already attracted local and state media coverage, and soon they descended on the Schumacher home during Buddy's viewing. One newspaper featured a photo of Buddy's small casket being carried out. The headline read, Bid Schumacher Boy Farewell. Police investigations eventually led to the arrest of a drifter in the Wauwatosa area. But when witnesses later retracted their statements, he was released. Two other men later confessed to the killing, but police dismissed them, and no one else was ever arrested in connection with the brutal murder. Today, the Wauwatosa Police Department no longer holds any records for cases prior to 1934, and everyone connected with the case has passed away. In 2012, the cold case was the subject of a non-fiction book, Murder in Wauwatosa, The Mysterious Death of Buddy Schumacher, written by Wauwatosa resident Paul J. Hoffman. I think I know who committed the murder, he told on Milwaukee. I don't think that after all this time, there's a way to prove it, though. It's been 95 years, and the murder of Buddy Schumacher remains unsolved. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, Download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.